You're listening to Kyle Warren. We join with all of our friends in Great Britain, around the Commonwealth, around the world, everyone who loved Queen Elizabeth II. We join in mourning her loss, in celebrating her life. Really one of the most remarkable people, one of the most remarkable women of the modern era. Her reign spanning 70 years. Her influence in world events, history, her front row seat to events that started with Winston Churchill. It's unbelievable. Stay with us, folks. All right. Welcome, everyone, around the globe and across the net. It is the Friday slash weekend edition. That's right, folks. It's the day of the week. When we keep you entertained and informed a little bit more than we do throughout the rest of the week, if that's even humanly possible, and as always, we do our level best to send you off into your weekend with a smile. Thank you very much. Singing host making is contractually mandated and obligatory appearance here on the program. And we do have our with a smile theme music playing today proudly because even though we are mourning the loss of Queen Elizabeth II, Uh, We are smiling because of the influence she had, the life well-lived, integrity, honor, dedication, love of country, all these things going together in a shining example of someone who never aspired to be queen, by the way, but uh, just, again, lived that life of dedication uh, and service. And we'll talk a little bit more about it. I'm glad that you're here. By the way, welcome to the program. It is the Friday slash weekend edition. Here we are, folks. It is Friday, September the 9th, uh, 2022. We have a lot to tell you about on the program today. And don't forget, I'll be a guest later on this evening on the Captain's America Third Watch radio program that all starts up at 11 p.m. Pacific uh, and that's at 2 uh, a.m. Eastern time and uh, that's also going to be the weekend edition of the Captain's America Third Watch and of course we're going to be talking about September 11th the events of September 11th and as many of you know the host of that program Captain Matt Bruce my good friend um, was there present as a firefighter fire captain on that day On September 11th, he suffered a career-ending injury that day in the collapse. And, of course, the rest is history, as they say, uh, for his broadcasting career, radio show, and so forth. So I'll be on with the captain, as always. And the captain and I will have some very interesting things to talk about for the, uh, the September 11th remembrances. And then also, of course, all the political news of the day, the breaking news, anything that happens overnight in America or around the world, the 
captain and I are the ones to bring it to you first in so many cases. So we encourage you to join us tonight, and you can go to kylewarrenshow.com. That's kylewarrenshow.com. There you can find the links to listen live to the captain's flagship station of AM860, The Answer. Also, uh, we're on the GCN network as well, and there are links right there at kylewarrenshow.com as well for you to listen to the live network feed. And that, by the way, replays all through the day, all four hours of the program, uh, replay throughout the day until the show comes back around and is live again. So you can go to kylewarrenshow.com. You can also go to the thecaptainsamericathirdwatch.com. That's the thecaptainsamericathirdwatch.com, and we hope to see you on the radio, um, well, for me, later tonight, and for some of you in the Eastern Time Zone, tomorrow morning or Saturday morning for the weekend edition. Okay, so as we said, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the Queen. We're also going to talk about uh, Barack Obama's visit to the White House to unveil uh, the uh, the official portraits. Now, this was not done during the Trump administration, as would have been tradition, uh, but that was uh, not to be, obviously. And uh, so President Obama and uh, Michelle Obama, former First Lady, uh, met at the White House with Joe Biden. And uh, the uh, former President Obama had some interesting things to say, to say the least, and we'll play them for you here uh, in just a little bit. Also, the economy. What about another Fed rate hike? That's going to be coming into play here this month. Now, this is all going to go together, by the way, with the comments that we're going to hear from Obama, right? Okay, so I'll just sort of let that linger there for a minute. But first, before we go to break right here, let's listen in uh, to, because we're talking about the Queen, you know, the, obviously the focus there on her life, her service, all these things. And of course, now formerly Prince Charles is now uh, going to ascend to the throne. He will be known as King Charles III. And uh, we haven't seen a King Charles in, in uh, Great Britain since I think about the 1680s, if, I'm, if I recall correctly, uh, from when, when it was King Charles II, uh, who also presided, I think, for a uh, quite a long time uh, at that at that time as well. So let's listen in briefly to some of the comments because I think this helps to encapsulate. So we'll hear from King Charles III talking about the life of Queen Elizabeth II. Let's listen in. In 1947, on her 21st birthday, she pledged in a broadcast from Cape Town to the Commonwealth to devote her life whether it be short or long, to the service of her peoples. That was more than a promise. It was a profound personal commitment which defined her whole life. She made sacrifices for duty. Her dedication and devotion as sovereign never wavered through times of change and progress through times of joy and celebration and through times of sadness and loss. In her life of service, we saw that abiding love of tradition together with that fearless embrace of progress, which makes us great as nations. So there you have, again, King Charles III, newly minted King Charles III. I wanted to play that clip right there because there's so much being said, of course, about the Queen, Queen Elizabeth. 
but it is that life of service, dedication, embracing of progress, embracing of people when they are celebrating and also when they are mourning, uh, when things have gone gone bad. Uh, to say that uh, Queen Elizabeth would be an example to us would simply be an understatement. And we're over here, we're in the United States of America, we have a different system, but we can certainly respect and we can celebrate the life of somebody who demonstrated that love of country and that service to others so un, in such an unwavering fashion. Folks, stay right there because we have more to tell you about right after this. You're listening to Kyle Warren. If you're a veteran looking to file for your service-connected benefits through the Department of Veterans Affairs, don't go it alone. AMVET's highly trained service officers stand ready to walk you through the process at VA regional offices around the country, helping you to navigate the complex VA system free of charge. With new presumptions for Agent Orange exposure and other conditions, AMVETS can offer you the advice you need to finally receive all of your earned benefits. In 2009 alone, AMVETS helped process more than 65,000 claims and appeals, securing more than $410 million in benefits. To find your nearest AMVETS service officer or to learn more, visit at amvets.org. Hey, I'm going out to buy those shelves for the closet. Oh, will you pick up 800 lumen bulbs? Honey, I love you, but 800 more flowers? You'll give the neighbors a real reason to think we're wacky. <laughs> Not flower bulbs, light bulbs. Come on, Dad. Lumens tell you how bright a bulb is. Our 60-watt bulbs give off about 800 lumens. We can replace them with new 800 lumen bulbs. Bulbs just as bright that use much less energy. So, we'll save money. Yes, and we can use that money to increase my allowance. Right. (laughs) Wise guy. Worth a try. So, you got that? Got it. No tulips, no watts, 800 lumens, and more savings. He got it. Lumens, the new way to shop for light. Learn more at energysavers.gov. That's energysavers.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Energy. After a long, hard day in the rough-and-tumble world of politics, open a tall, cool Kyle Warren show. Ah, that crisp, refreshing taste. That smooth style. That effervescing attitude. And without all that other stuff that can, well, bog you down. Helping to put back what the daily media assault takes away, listen to The Kyle Warren Show weekdays right here on this station and visit the website at kylewarrenshow.com. the Edwards Notebook. Class is in session with the professor of politics, Kyle Warren. That's right. Thank you, Mr. Ron Edwards, for that great intro. And we will hear from Ron Edwards in here just a little bit with an Edwards Notebook on today's program. Brand new Edwards Notebook. And folks, don't forget, you can go to kylewarrenshow.com. That's kylewarrenshow.com. There you can find out more about the program. You you can subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple uh, Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts, Podcast Republic, and many others. 
And we keep going up and up and up, just like the music is doing right there. And the reason for that, my friends, of course, is you, the listener. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. And we really, really thank you. We thank you for um, uh, for uh, for showing the program on your social media, for promoting it, for telling your friends about it. We really appreciate it. And uh, so, again, go to KyleWarrenShow.com. That's KyleWarrenShow.com. And, again, you can subscribe to the podcast there. And you can also send me a direct message. And when you send me a message, please be sure to let me know where you're listening from. And we'll be sure to give you a shout-out here on the program. And once again, we're going to see you on the radio later tonight, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2.05 a.m. Eastern Time. That would be in the Eastern Time Zone. That's early Saturday morning on the Captain's America Third Watch radio program with host Captain Matt Bruce. And the captain has asked me to tell everybody listening to The Kyle Warren Show all about the good people at MyPillow.com. That's MyPillow.com. Mike Lindell, of course, uh, with the MyPillow products. You know, everyone in my family has a MyPillow um, on their bed. Uh, also, we sleep on the Giza sheets every night, me and Mrs. Professor. Also, uh, Mrs. Professor also has the, uh, the, uh, the, the slippers, and she loves them. And they've got some brand new slippers there now at MyPillow.com. Uh, we also have the uh, towel set. Uh, these are great towels, by the way. I can't imagine using any other towels uh, ever moving forward after getting the MyPillow towel set. So definitely go to MyPillow.com, check them out. You can also go now go to MyStore.com. That's also part of the MyPillow family. You can go to MyStore.com or MyPillow.com. And when you do, here's the thing to remember. Be sure to remember to use the promo code CAPTAIN. That's one word, promo code CAPTAIN. That's all you got to remember if you go to MyPillow.com or MyStore.com, and when you use that promo code, you're going to get great de- uh, discounts, great savings, great prices on all the products there, and uh, you'll be helping out this program and, of course, helping out the Captain's program as well, so we sure appreciate it. Now, if you don't want to put in your credit card on the internet, you can call them at 1-800-641-5459. That's 1-800-641-5459. Tell them what you want. And be sure to use all together now. The promo code is, you got it, Captain. That's what you want to do. Okay, so let's let's get back because I I, I mentioned, of course, we we heard from King Charles, and I don't think that we're going to see the like of Queen Elizabeth anytime soon, ever ever again. Um, and so for the next several days, there's 10 days of mourning, by the way, uh, and process in uh, Great Britain uh, for uh, for the uh, passing of the queen, uh, the coronation uh, uh, or the announcements and so forth of the uh, and the funeral, of course, all these things having to do uh, with the succession. Um, and so we'll be following that, I'm sure. Um, but uh, but of course, one of the things that is going to continue to happen, I think, is we're going to continue to hear about the life of Queen Elizabeth II. And I think now with her passing, we, we may get some new information, maybe some new stories about how she influenced something or gave advice. You know, she met with the prime minister every week, once a week. She read all of the government papers. Um, she was uh, aware of everything going on with the government. Um, and she would be able to give advice, counsel, perspective. I think that's really important. That's one of the things that's missing in our world today is perspective because everything is instant. Every single thing is instant. 
Um, and that's driven, of course, by media. It used to be really driven by mass media, people watching television. But all that has changed so dramatically now. Now we have with the social media, instant uh, reaction, uh, instant uh, uh, piling on. If somebody says or does something somebody doesn't like and, and so on. And it really does shape how society reacts to things. And I don't want to get off on a tangent, but, you know, it, it, there used to be a lot sort of slower reaction time. There were some natural pauses in our society by which, um, you know, cooler heads could prevail on things. Nowadays, it seems like everything is 100% constantly striving all day, every day, all the time in, in ways that we've never really seen before. And I do think that in, in the long term, that has a, a real bad effect. Now, it can be used for great good, instant messaging and this kind of stuff, and where you have so many people be able to be aware of something very, very quickly. I think a lot of that can be used for good. Um, but uh, unfortunately, we, we're seeing a lot of things. And, and what, we've, what we lose, there's my point is, what we lose is the perspective on things. That's that's really important. Um, okay, so let's listen in here real briefly. Um, the reason I, I have this quote is this is from former President Obama when he was at the White House this last week unveiling the portraits, which I just, I don't know. I don't think these are the best portraits ever. I think, I think these portraits could have been a lot better. That's all I'm saying. I think they could have been a lot, a lot better. I don't know what it is, but they just seem to not really hit it. Uh, but at any rate, that's just a subjective viewpoint. I think they could have much better portraits. Um, but here's something that former President Obama said. Now, I, I don't think there was any really love lost between Biden and, and Obama, to be honest. Uh, there was even talk back in 2012 of dropping him and putting Hillary on the ticket um, amongst the some of the Obama people, we understand. Um, but let's just listen to what Joe, what, not Joe Biden, but what Obama's saying about Joe Biden, because this is going to tie in to some economic talk we want to talk about as well. So let's, let's listen in. You have guided us through some perilous times. You've built on and gone beyond the work we all did together to expand health care, to fight climate change, to advance social justice, and to promote economic fairness. Thanks to your decency and thanks to your strength, maybe most of all thanks to your faith in our democracy and the American people. The country's better off than when you took office, and we should all be deeply grateful for that. So thank you so much. The, the country is better off. <laughs> And when you took office, I would wonder now, of course, he rattled off these things about climate change and stuff like that. Um, it's a pretty esoteric sorts of 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 um, of parameters, I think, um, or of measurements. Uh, the country isn't better off because of Joe Biden and climate change. Um, the economic fairness also, I think, is sort of a nebulous term. But let's just talk about economic for one thing, um, apart from divisiveness, um, you know, his faith in the American people and in our democracy. Well, Joe Biden just gave a speech in which he pretty much accused 75 million Americans of, of essentially uh, being uh, crazy lunatics who are a threat to democracy. So it's not that Joe Biden has an unwavering faith in the American people or something like that. I think it's very different. But so we got economic issues. We've got divisiveness. We've got 
crime and violent crime at you know at unbelievable levels. Uh, people are scared. People don't know how they're going to make it through what is now obviously a recession. They don't know how they're going to make it through the inflation. They don't know how they're going to make it through in just trying to live with their neighbors because the message from the big time politicians, right, of the Democrat Party, the you know, big time party elite, is one of total division of uh, total uh, just, you know, uh, going against your neighbor simply because they had a different idea. They, they embraced a sort of a different idea than the Democrat Party elite. And when you see people who are literally just lost in the ideology, the ideology just informs, and even in this case, Obama, I think the ideology is just informing. I got to go out. I got to make this. This I got to make this. This compliment that that is going to be nebulous and weird, but it's got to sound like a compliment. But people, real people, just outside the White House and out into you know to all throughout the byways of America, well, they're having a hard time, and they are uncertain, and they're frightened, and for all good measure, all good measure. But that's okay. Well, you know, no, you're better off. Uh, I don't think we are. And I think that's a fundamental question. Remember when Reagan asked that question, are you better off now than were you than than you were four years ago? Asking about Jimmy Carter. Of course, the resounding answer was no. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about what the you're Fed might do for Warren. rates. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. A short time out, then back with more. So stay right there. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. Stay tuned for the Edwards Notebook right here on The Kyle Warren Show. Could it be there is a Klaus Schwab school for coronavirus dictators and a great reset plot? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Economist Ernst Wolf believes that a hidden alliance of political and corporate leaders continue to exploit the scamdemic with the aim of crashing national economies. Let's not forget, Mr. Schwab stated that he intends to make us poor and make us like it. But how else do you explain more than 190 nations from all over the globe ended up dealing with the pandemic in almost exactly the same manner? With lockdowns, mask mandates, and vaccination cards now being commonplaced almost everywhere. The answer may lie in the Young Global Leaders School, which was established and managed by Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, and that most of today's prominent political and business leaders passed through there on their way to the top. I believe that if allowed, individuals like Klaus Schwab, every U.S. leftist Democrat and rhino, and many more will, willing to plunge we the people into utter, never-ending misery. But the globalists tend to forget they are not God. Thus, it would be wise to seek God and secure liberty. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. You're listening to Kyle Warren. All 
right, welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back as we continue racing through and rocketing through this Friday slash weekend edition. We have so much more uh, to tell you about uh, as we continue. And don't forget, you can go to kylewarrenshow.com where you can subscribe to the podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. Where uh, You can go to our home at podbean.com. Go to kylewarrenshow.podbean.com and you can find out more about the program there as well. Subscribe. And also, we're on different podcast services as well, including Podcast Republic and many others. Simply go to kylewarrenshow.com. You'll find a list there. And it's growing all the time. We're finding more and people tell us, oh, I found your podcast over on such and such. And and, uh, so we're really appreciative of that. Okay, so we just heard, right before the break, we heard former President Obama saying, you know, Joe, you we're much better off than we were before, you know, before. And I was kind of like, what? <laughs> and I don't know, maybe it really strained Obama to say, try to say something nice about Joe Biden, I guess, but uh, whatever. But here's, here's the thing, you know, the, 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 the country is better off, right? Well, I just don't think so. Remember, right when we were going to break, I was saying, well, basically, this is kind of the same question Ronald Reagan had, right? Are you better off than you were four years ago? And people under Jimmy Carter said, well, of course, no. Now, I do think there are some real differences, by the way, between now and what was happening in 1980 during that presidential election when Ronald Reagan could ask that that question. He could also ask that question in 1984, are you better off than you were four years ago? The answer then was yes, because now it was morning in America. Uh, America was literally coming back. America was prospering. America was strong. America had purpose. Now, I will say this, and I've said it before, but I think it bears repeating, because with Jimmy Carter, I don't think Jimmy Carter was um, a bad person. I, I think he was had a lot of misguided things. Um, his uh, presidency did not work out well, obviously. Um, and we had uh, the inflation. We had, I think we had stagflation, right? Didn't we have all kinds of huge economic woes for people? Um, interest rates, unbelievable interest rates, all these things went together to make for a very miserable time for the American people. Ronald Reagan came along and said, Here, you know, we got to get back to basics, basically. We, we got to fix this. And so there were a lot of parallels there between Reagan and Trump, 2016. Um, and of course, now uh, we're back into this zone where economically we're having all kinds of problems. The inflation, and by the way, you know, I told the captain on the program last night or this morning, uh, you know, depending on your time zone, uh, you know, oh, I had to fill my gas, my car up with gas, right? So I went to my local station, and I thought, oh, it's so luxurious. It's only five dollars and nineteen cents a gallon, and that's what it was. It was only five dollars and nineteen cents a gallon. Oh my goodness, I'm I'm filling up. Well, I drove by that same gas station today. It was $5.29 a gallon. Um, and so, I mean, this is really, um, this is hitting home for, for, for real people, okay? Um, you know, and real people have real budgets. And this is something that's lost, I think, on the ideologues, especially at these high levels 
of the Democrat Party and and TV people and 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 stuff like that, where where they they don't really have these same problems that so many of us do, right? If gas goes to that extreme, well, then you've got to start making choices. You make choices about what you buy at the, at the grocery store now. Not just because of the gas that you put in your car at the station outside the grocery store, but of course, but because what's inside the grocery store now is much more expensive than it ever was because the trucks have to buy fuel as well, and that cost goes up, and the grocery store is going to pass that cost on to you, the consumer. Everything is more expensive. So for Obama to tell us, well, it's all better now, you know, it's uh, you've uh, we're all better off than we ever were, or we're, we're when Trump was in office and all this stuff, that's just demonstrably false. That's not even a political statement, I think. I think it's, it's just look, open your eyes and see, right? Well, this is going to continue on, most unfortunately. More people are going to have harder times um, because the ideology of the far left and it's controlling Biden in so many ways um, is, 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 is just spelling disaster for us. Um, and it also gets to the point where you can't even answer questions because the ideology just can't, it doesn't, it doesn't have meat to it. Okay. It doesn't even have like plant-based meat to it. It, it just, it just all it doesn't have anything. It's an empty shell. And, uh, but that's, that's what they point to. This is, this is the only thing that they, that they think they can continue to sell you. And that you'll buy it and that you'll go, okay, I'm so much better off. Yeah, I don't have, we don't have enough power. We can't charge our electric cars that you told us to buy because you're banning, um, you know, gas powered cars or selling gas powered engines. Um, yeah, it's all good. It's just, you know, we're never, we're never going to meet the demand for energy. So we're all going to have less. We're going to have less food. We're going to have less energy. We're going to have less money. We're going to have less everything. Because that's what the ideology, that's what it brings about. It doesn't bring about prosperity. It doesn't bring about the notion of meeting the needs, meeting the demand, being clever to meet that demand. It just doesn't matter anymore. Because, because why? Because, well, it's, it's, this is the far left. This is what it's all about. Okay, so this is from CNBC. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Federal Reserve Governor Christopher Waller on Friday echoed recent sentiments from his colleagues, saying he expects a big interest rate increase later this month. So here we are, it's September the 9th, not that many days away, right? He also said policymakers should stop trying to guess the future and instead stick to what the data is saying. Looking ahead to our next meeting, I support another significant increase in the policy rate, Waller said in remarks prepared for a speech in Vienna. But looking further out, I can't tell you about the appropriate path of policy. The peak range and how fast we will move there will depend on data we will receive about the economy. Well, go outside, open your door, and go out and talk to people. Find out what's happening to them. Okay, yes, I understand we get economic data. That's all very important. Uh, but I'm just saying, and I don't think it's just even anecdotal at this point. I think you're finding that, you know, when you go out to eat, okay, and in my local area, if you go out to eat and you want to go to a casual dining restaurant, and I know this because I've done this, so I speak from experience, you go out to a casual dining restaurant and there's two people having lunch, right? 
and you get, um, you know, just a sandwich and maybe some fries or something like that or whatever, but a, just a, a, a regular sort of lunch you might have and something to drink. And if the bill is approaching $50, you tell me how long people are going to be going out and spending that kind of money. Take your family out to dinner. Okay, let's say you have a family of four. If that's going to approach over $100 in some cases, um, for again, for casual dining, we're not talking, you know, um, you know, the Ritz-Carlton here or something. Uh, it, it's, it's going to make people make very different choices. When all these goods and services are more expensive, when you can't go buy another car because it's ludicrous to do so because the, the, the prices are so far inflated, you know, it, it, all these things are going to start going bad. And I think people are, by the way, I think people are fixing their cars. Now, I think people are going to be fixing their cars for quite some time. And by the way, when I just mentioned energy, well, these flex alerts we're getting here in California um, because of the heat. And I'll tell you, well, it's raining here now. In Southern California, it's raining. We're getting those outer bands of K. Um, and so some of the rain is coming. We had a few gusts of wind. Not too bad in my area. I think San Diego is going to be a little bit of a different story. Um, but, uh, of course, with these flex alerts, they're telling California residents, do not charge your electric car. Okay. In other words, turn off non-essentials things. Don't run your AC. You know, put it at seventy-eight. Um, unplug things you're not using. Okay, because the power grid just can't support it. But key there too is unplug your electric car, or you know, don't don't charge it up. And you're telling me, wait a minute. I think we're all. Wasn't the future? Isn't that the future? The future is supposed to be the electric car, right? And it's all clean and it's all good. And you're going to be fine. Just get an electric car. Spend the umpteen thousands of dollars to get one. And then you can't charge it for a while. You know, we, we don't know how long yet, but it's the heat wave, you know. And, of course, the heat wave because of, of climate change. And so you, you did this to yourself, I guess. And it's on and on it goes. It's just crazy time. But how, how are people going to be able to progress here? I, I, just, I just don't see it. And, you know, and, and so I want to be optimistic. Here's how we get there, though. We got to start reversing these policies, right? We, we got to start creating opportunity. We, we got to start meeting the demand. We got to start getting people going again. That's how we do it. Okay, stay right there. We got so much more to talk You're about. Listening to Kyle Warren. This is Chicago style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh. Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. Hey, John, I just heard you got a new computer. Congratulations. Thanks. It's the coolest thing. What will you do with your old computer? I don't know. I guess I'll just throw it away. Well, my company just bought new computers, and we decided to donate the old PCs to a place that gives them to local schools. You could do something like that. Seriously, who would want a three-year-old computer? Hey, it might be great for someone else. 
Computers can be refurbished and reused instead of ending up in the trash. By passing it on, you can help the community and the environment. If you're replacing your company's IT equipment or you're finished using your personal computer, pass it on to a local organization that accepts computers. To learn more, log on to epa.gov slash pass it on. This message was brought to you by EPA, Dell, Intel, HP, NEC, Philips, and this radio station on behalf of EPA's plug into e-cycling partnership. EPA does not endorse any commercial services or products of these groups. For information on all partners, log on to epa.gov slash plug in. In sports, five games were featured in Hockey Action last night. Every year, millions of people rely on portable generators when they lose access to electricity. But some of them don't understand that a portable generator's carbon monoxide emissions can kill if their generators are used indoors. So we're here to clear the air. Always take your generator outside, away from windows and doors. When you take it outside, you distance yourself from the dangers of carbon monoxide. For more safety tips, visit TakeYourGeneratorOutside.com. Have you saved a life today? We organize a blood drive at our school. My blood type is O. They really need that. Have you saved a life today? I have cancer, but I make sure all my friends know how important it is to give blood. My blood helps heart patients or accident victims. Have you saved a life today? No, but today, someone's blood saved my son. The American Red Cross. Call 1-800-GIVE-LIFE. Hi, folks. This is Kyle Warren. I'd like to hear from you about the things we're talking about on the program. Go to KyleWarrenShow.com, click on Send Kyle a Message, or send it to my Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Kyle Warren Show. You're listening to Kyle Warren. All right, welcome back, everybody. Kyle Warren with you. Welcome back as we continue racing through, rocketing through the Friday slash weekend edition, wherever you are. Hope that things are going well and that you're having a great weekend. And because uh, a lot of people listen to the program at different times over the weekend. So uh, wherever you are, we hope things are, uh, are going well for you. Uh, as we said, here we are in Southern California. It is raining just a little bit where I am at in Orange County. And uh, but I'm sure we'll uh, it, it might come in a little bit heavier by the time uh, uh, time to uh, uh, be on the Captain's America third watch later on tonight, 11 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, 205 a.m. Eastern time in the uh, Eastern time zone. And once again, the captain and I am sure will be talking about September 11th as we approach that anniversary. Um, and we'll be talking about that in addition to the day's news, other developments that are that are always happening. And that's one of the great things, of course, about the overnight radio program. That's why it's the fastest growing overnight radio program in America. Uh, and uh, so, and we're hearing from a lot more people. And by the way, there's a lot of people finding this program from my appearances on the Captain's America. So I really appreciate that. I'm glad about that. Glad to have you here. And once again, go to KyleWarrenShow.com. You can uh, send me a message right there from the uh, website. Love to hear from you. And uh, so uh, it's another day in the neighborhood, as, as we say. Uh, okay, so this is from Newsweek. Russian troops 
deserting in face of counteroffensive. This according to Ukraine. Russian soldiers are attempting to desert when met with the counteroffensive by Kiev's troops, according to the Ukraine Armed Forces. In its daily update, the general staff of the Armed Forces said on Friday that Russia was focused on establishing full control of the Donetsk, the Donetsk region, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, the captured districts of Kershaw as well as parts of Kharkiv, Zaporizhavaya, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, that's a hard one, and the Mykolaiv regions. Ukraine said that over the span of 24 hours, Russia had carried out 45 air and five missile strikes in which there were civilian casualties. But it stated that Kiev's forces were, quote, conducting a successful counteroffensive in the Kharkiv direction, in which they had advanced almost 30 miles in three days. All right. So this is there's a lot still going on there. And this is going to be an ongoing issue, obviously. Uh, I, I don't know that this is going to ever really start calming down anytime soon. And that's very sad because obviously what needs to happen is Russia needs to be driven out of Ukraine. Um, how that happens is, I think, very, very debatable. How that happens now, of course, obviously, the combined forces of NATO uh, would drive the Russians out in short order. But from the day that this began until now, we still are looking at the same kinds of consequences or undesired consequences. And I'm not saying let the war keep going, you know, so that we don't get into so it does doesn't escalate. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, what I'm talking about is that certainly there there would be some kind of of perhaps unintended consequence. So how do we get from point A to point B? That's a very very good, uh, very very good question. Does Vladimir Putin? Does uh, obviously I think he wants mostly the uh, eastern Ukraine area. This is where this is where the uh, uh, the energy is going to be. This is uh, uh, the Donbass region, as it's called. I think that's the primary objective. I think everything went really bad uh, for Putin in the sense that he expected Kiev to fall very quickly, uh, that they were going to reinstall some pro Moscow person there and 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 basically run the table. That didn't happen. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Um, and so now it's becoming a prolonged problem, obviously. So how long can Putin do this before he would... Uh, I, I, this is the wrong word to use because I'm not saying this at all in the sense that this is what I think should happen. Uh, but will he, quote, settle for, for eastern Ukraine um, and try to, try to come to some sort of agreement? Well, that's a possibility. Um, but the uh, President Zelensky, of course, has said, I think in no uncertain terms, that Ukraine is not going to give up um, the land. They're not going to simply shrink Ukraine in order to stop the war. I think I think he's on a mission. I think uh, this is going to uh, uh, continue to uh, uh, to uh, to uh, to define his whole leadership of Ukraine. I don't think he's going to back down anytime soon. Um, the other question, though, becomes, at, at what point does this get um, over? 
And that's, again, a really, really good question. Here's another article from Newsweek. A group of Russian officials has appealed to the country's state Duma to remove President Vladimir Putin from power on the charge of high treason. A document shared by one of the Russian deputies who co-signed the proposal reveals. So this is a very recent story. It looks like this came around uh, maybe yesterday. In a tweet published on Wednesday, a municipal uh, deputy... Um, in St. Petersburg, the official wrote that the council of the uh, Smolenskoy Municipal District, quote, sent a proposal to the state Duma demanding to remove Putin from office based on the charges of high treason. Treason charge appears to, to be directly related to the full-scale invasion of Ukraine, which in Russia is still referred to as a, quote, special military operation by the Kremlin and its propaganda machine. Um, so, Maybe the the beginnings. I mean, I, I don't know how far this is going to go, but maybe the beginnings, of course, of the sentiment that Russia is a pariah at this point. Russia cannot continue at all in the community of nations whatsoever until the invasion of Ukraine stops and is and they they leave. Even even then, I think we're looking at years of rebuilding any trust at all, um, what tenuous trust there was to begin with, uh, or any other kind of, of, um, of, of redemption at all to become part of the worlds uh, of, of the community of nations. Now, there's also another clock ticking here, and that is the energy uh, uh, going to, that would, would be going to Europe, the heating oil and so forth. Um, that's going to become a major, major thing. Now, to some degree, the United States can try to transfer some of that, but it would all have to be by ship. It would have to, you know, there's there's so many impediments here. But this war rages on, and people get very cold in the wintertime. Uh, this, this is a recipe for disaster. Here we are almost the middle of September. We put two months on this, and we've got other, other big problems. So... And this is something I've even said since day one when this first occurred. I remember talking with the captain about this, and that is the idea is that somebody in Russia is going to have to rise up and stop Putin. Um, and they would, ha- they would have to do so and then come out and say, you know, we are trying to, uh, we're, we're trying to put things right. Uh, we, we want to rebuild um, our relationships and so forth. I, I think that may be one of the only ways because, of course— the combined forces of NATO easily could drive, I think, from what we've seen of the Russian army at this point, out of Ukraine. But Vladimir Putin would, number one, he'd use that as a pretext that the West is attacking him um, and give him the um, the reasoning he would be looking for, the justification he'd be looking for, to use perhaps a weapon of mass destruction in some way, whether against the Ukrainian forces themselves in theater, or if they, he would use it, he would say, okay, well, now every Europe is an open target for me. Um, and something else I was saying at the very beginning of this, which I think really does ring true now, and that is, I think Vladimir Putin wants to be Putin the Great, Vlad the Great, basically. I think he wants to be Vlad the Great, whether he wins in Ukraine or whether he goes down in a, in a huge ball of flames in Ukraine. He, if he wins in Ukraine, great to him. If he doesn't win in Ukraine, he can go down as, I tried, I was really trying to rebuild this, and uh, believing that somehow he would be revered 
for his effort, you know, this kind of thing. In other words, you're not dealing with, with the uh, rationality here, okay? He's very uh, uh, calculating and plotting. Uh, he's very deliberate. But at this point, he has demonstrated that he is not okay. And for the world, this is not okay. So, again, I think ultimately you're going to have to see something happen within Russia in order to stop this war. And uh, otherwise, you know, because nobody wants to see an escalation. But at the same time, we can't keep stand by and watch all this happen. It's, it is a dilemma, no doubt about it. Folks, thank you for listening today. Thank you for spending time with me. It's been great talking with you. And we will see you on the radio tonight and right back here next time. Until then, you're listening to Kyle Warren. Take care out there.